Shirley Jane Rose was just a month away from her 10th birthday when she went missing and was murdered. Shirley Jane Rose was born to Charles and Joyce Rose on November 21, 1965, in Omaha, Nebraska, then moved back to Springfield, Missouri right around the corner from her grandparents when her parents separated. Hi, everyone I hope all is well. As you can tell, we are going to talk about Shirley Jane Rose's case. Trigger warning this is a case that involves abduction and murder, so if this is a trigger you might not want to listen to this episode. For this episode, we will try to dive into the events, and I will come up with my own opinions and theories. I am not just a person who loves true crime. I want to get the information out there as accurately as I can inform my listeners and bring awareness to these cases by generating tips from someone who knows more information. As always, I will be leaving a copy in the Discord for Shirley. Also, all links will be at the end of this transcript. I hope everyone has a great day. Shirley left her grandparents to go home to grab her overnight bag and then head back to spend the night. When Shirley did not make it home before dark, her mother became concerned and called the police. Shirley was spotted by numerous people who saw her on her walk. Some said they saw her talking to someone in a blue Chevy car, and some said that she was being followed by the car. She was only a matter of a block from her house when she was abducted. The search went on for three days using hundreds of searchers and canines, but even with all the searching, Shirley wasn't found until months later. Shirley was found in a shallow grave in December, the year a few days shy of two months. On December 13, 1975, at Daniels Lake, the caretaker and a trapper checking for beaver dams came upon Shirley's body. It was found in a shallow grave with some of her exposed. Shirley was located just a quarter mile from the lake over by the Little Sac River. She was so badly decomposed that the medical examiner said the probable cause of death was strangulation. She had her blouse that she was wearing wrapped around her neck. That was all he could tell, so if anything else happened, we will never know. Then years later, a judge named Clough wrote a letter to the newspaper with new information on Shirley's case. He reported that a client of his who died from a terminal illness told him to release the information. Judge Clough said that he would see the killer go to the death chamber, and the details he gave to the Springfield News Leader in the April of 1982 edition were that Shirley was taken out to Daniels Lake. Shirley was told she was going to die and had to watch her own grave being dug. Shirley was crying the whole time, and when the grave was done being dug, the killer then strangled her with their bare hands. Also, the judge said that others were there and watched it happen. Also, there was a statement he made about Shirley being kidnapped over drugs. Stating, because the search started so quickly, the person panicked and killed her. Shirley was described as a very shy girl who was afraid of the dark, from the materials that I had read. She was said not to like to talk to people she didn't know and was full of life. 
This is why I am very skeptical of the witness statements. The witnesses came forward with some saying she was being followed by this car, and some saying she was talking to the man in this car. I do not know what was seen first, but I am going to go out on a limb and say that it was someone that maybe was asking her directions, or if she knew the area. Then I would think that would be when he would slow down to follow her before grabbing her. The other alternative is that it was someone that she knew, but that makes no sense for the car was following her unless he was following her first. We know one thing for sure Shirley was abducted. Okay, so let's talk about the blue car. There was a blue 1970 Chevy reported stolen on Saturday, October 11th, which was found abandoned and recovered at Springfield Lake on Tuesday, the 21st, I don't know, and could not find any information if the detectives searched the car concerning Shirley's case. The distance between these two lakes is only 21 miles. After the information came out on Shirley's case with a blue car being involved, a father called the tip line to report that his daughter and her friend were being followed by a man in a blue car and described him as six foot tall and between 250 to 300 pounds. Now the abduction would have been quick and there would have been a need to aid in keeping Shirley quiet all while driving. This is not impossible, but if there were people around it would make it a lot harder. This is where I believe she had to know the person it would have been a lot easier to get away with, and Shirley probably would have not panicked that quick. It was said she would have not gotten into anyone's car that she did not know. Plus there are witnesses that saw her talking to the man and also getting into the car. Rumors swirled around that drugs were involved because Shirley's mom dealt marijuana. If there were a lot of people that were in and out of the house, it could have been someone that was a customer and the drug theory would be true and explain why the car was stolen. Now let's talk about the judge. Don Clough wrote an open letter to the local paper that a client of his gave him some information about Shirley's death. The information that he put into the letter was that Shirley was taken out to the lake and made to watch her own grave being dug. She was crying the whole time. When you were done digging, you reached up and strangled her with your own bare hands. This person was not alone, there were others, and he pleaded with them to come forward. Also remarks how he would see this person in the gas chamber. The judge also sent a person who was named a suspect to the police, but little to none came out of it. In my opinion, they relied on his polygraph test, which came back inconclusive. If what this client was saying was true, and this person was named, the cops relied on the results of the polygraph test too much. Unfortunately, back then DNA was in its infancy, so the lie detector would have been the best tool to rely on at that time. Now the judge also mentioned that there were other people around. If this is true, how do they live with themselves? Not trying to be mean, but you were there you didn't commit the murder, and if you come forward, I am sure you could work a deal of immunity for the exchange of information. My opinion is it was either a crime of opportunity or revenge killing. 
I could not see that the rumor could be true that this was over drugs and they were owed money or wanted the drugs giving back why would the person panic and kill Shirley no matter how quickly the search started. This person probably stole the car for this event. Might not have been for Shirley, it may have been just for any girl. Now on the sustained rumor about the business person's son doing this, I think that is just what it is a rumor. It would probably corroborate the story from the judge of people being there figured a gang of boys hanging out and maybe it was a dare or just an urge that was to be had. I think it would have been more trouble to try to keep her from running, screaming, etc. even in the car. The killer would have had to keep her quiet for almost nine miles from her house to the lake. Do you remember the description of the man who was following the girls prior? He was a middle-aged man who was about 250 to 300 pounds. No witness mentioned the possible age of the man seen talking to Shirley. So it cannot be confirmed if this was the man or the car. The car was found at Springfield Lake 20 miles away days later after Shirley's disappearance, but who knows when the car was put there. I could not find anything that told me if they thought it was there for days. Just a small four to five line post to the paper about the car being found. I do wonder if he had the car from the 11th to the 21st, how did he hide the car? Now the judge's statement and open letter. Does he know more than he is saying? Hear me out. His client before he died did talk to the police and gave the police a name, and if that was the person who committed the crime this one is on bad police work. Another thing that makes me question the judge and his client is the quote, you strangled her with your bare hands if Shirley was strangled by someone's bare hands, why when she was found Shirley have her blouse around her neck? Also, strangulation could have been because this was an unprepared crime. My opinion, and probably what most think she was not strangled with someone's bare hand, but rather her blouse. There are so many questions that unfortunately have no answers. This case is not cut and dry with the information that is out there. There were drugs involved, possibly a stolen car, and maybe even someone who did it with a bunch of people there and figured you didn't commit the crime, I will just let it be in the back of my head. Shirley lost her life. She lived only on this earth for a little while, and I am hoping that anyone listening to this knows anything. Please contact the Springfield, Missouri Police either by website or phone call reference case number 75 to 45,967. Shirley Jane Rose deserves to have a voice.